Oh, Merry Christmas, friends. That's right. Let's try this again. Merry Christmas, friends. There you go. That sounds more like the end of Charlie Brown. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch who lived just north of Whoville did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now please don't ask why. No one knows the reason. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think that most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. But whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve hating the Who's, staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown at the warm, lighted windows below in their town. For he knew every Who down in Whoville beneath was busy now hanging a holly Who wreath. And they're hanging their stockings, he snarled with a sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas. It's practically here. Then he growled with his Grinch fingers, nervously drumming, I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. For tomorrow, I know all the Who girls and boys will wake bright and early. They'll rush for their toys. And then, oh, the noise. The noise, 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 noise. There's one thing that I hate, all that noise, 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 noise. Then the Who's young and old will sit down to a feast, and they'll feast, and they'll feast, and they'll feast, 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 feast. They'll feast on who pudding and rare who roast beef. Raw roast beef is a feast I can't stand in the least. And then they'll do something I hate most of all. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, they'll stand close together with Christmas bells ringing. They'll stand hand in hand and those who's will start singing. And they'll sing and they'll sing and they'll sing, 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 sing. And the more the Grinch thought of this who Christmas sing, the more the Grinch thought, I must stop this whole thing. Why, for 53 years I've put up with it now. I must stop Christmas from coming. But how? And how did the Grinch stop or steal Christmas? Well, the answer to that question, of course, is he didn't. In fact, it was actually in his attempt to steal Christmas that he found it. And he probably helped the Who's find it too. The Grinch believed Christmas was about the bustle, the spending, the decorating, and the noise. The Grinch believed Christmas would go away without the toys. And many of us have probably come to have much more in common with the Grinch than we'd care to admit. Isn't that why we work so hard to craft the right Christmas atmosphere to find just the right Christmas gift to meet everyone's ultimate expectations so that everything will be just right. But what if, what if this year, at least this morning, this service caused us to take a turn for the rest of the season? What if moving forward in worship and for the rest of this day and season, we allowed the people and the presence and the activities to point beyond themselves to real, substantive, the real, substantive, eternal gift that Christmas is really all about. The coming and the abiding of God's presence. We heard it in John's Christmas account a few minutes ago 
John looks beyond the veil of Christmas in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago and even more beyond the veil of creation by going back to the beginning. And the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. And then jumping ahead to Bethlehem, John says, The Word became flesh and made God's dwelling, God's home, among us. And that is the gift that Christmas is always supposed to be pointing us to. God with us. The gift of God's presence. I love how the heart of this resounded again through the words of the prophet Isaiah we heard a moment ago. He became their Savior in all their distress, and it was no messenger nor angel, but His presence that saved them. Merry Christmas, friends. This is the gift. This is what we're celebrating today. And so, what if this year, this season, henceforth, instead of focusing our Christmas attention on the presents we do or do not get, we choose to focus our souls on celebrating the gift of God's presence with us? What if we celebrated that gift today and throughout this season, by being fully present to those we love in a loving and gracious way. That might be a Christmas miracle for some of you. Especially when it isn't easy. Because that's grace. That's the gospel, and that is Christmas. What if our approach to Christmas changing this year for the rest of this season could change more of our more than our experience of the day and the season but what if it could change us and our loved ones too the Grinch found this to be true he stole everything he thought he had to steal to steal Christmas from the who's and then after that he listened he listened for the sounds of sadness he listens for the sounds of Christmas absence. But instead, this is what he heard. He heard the sound of singing. And the sound wasn't sad. Why, this sound sounded glad. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or another, it came just the same. And the Grinch with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could this be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. And then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't thought of before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And then the true meaning of Christmas came through, and the Grinch found the strength of ten Grinches plus two. Over 2,000 years ago, in Bethlehem, in a little out-of-the-way space, God did something that changed the world forever. Over 2,000 years ago, God became one of us. God moved into the neighborhood of creation, not as an all-powerful dictator, 
but as a fragile and frail infant born in a bed of hay. And when God did, almost everyone missed it. As we said last night, almost everyone missed it apart from his, his, his parents and the angels nudging a few scared shepherds and the, the handful of distant astrologists, the magi, almost everyone missed it. So how then, how then did God use Christmas to change the world? The same way God always changes the world. One heart at a time. And if we're willing, if we're willing to make space in the mangers of our lives for the one born in Bethlehem all those years ago to be born again in and through us, then our hearts just might grow three sizes today and Christmas might come this year in a way it never has before. It will come without ribbons, it will come without tags, it will come without packages, boxes, or bags, or it will come with them, as it probably already has. Either way, Christmas will come. Christmas is here. Jesus is here. Jesus has been given for us, and God wants to send the love that came into the world at Christmas all those years ago into our lives again today. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing, no present we can buy, steal, or get rid of that will change that. And so, friends, may we receive it, may we savor it, may we be shaped by it, and may we share it as we go, and even now, as we sing.